It's the Friendly Fire Show episode 226 for the start of February or something like that, 2023. That was something I almost screwed up. Uh, my name is Steve Wright. I'm coming to you live from my co-host Ben Salter's spare bedroom slash office slash podcast recording office. studio. That's right. Yeah. We should probably put up some like foam padding or something, but no need. Normally we don't have two people in here, so we've jammed into a small space. Uh, this is our first in real life episode since I don't even know. Forever? Certainly pre-COVID, maybe like back in our old style, back when we used to have like five people and we're in like an office building with a, a fancy mixing deck and all that. Well, but, and we've certainly gone a little bit, well, less high tech from the mixing deck and proper mics and stuff, but a little bit more high tech from four of us potentially at E3 trying to crowd around one blue microphone. We've got two yeah. microphones. We're talking into one each. We're making eye contact instead of looking through a screen at each other and it's slightly off-putting i don't know why though i've had the best weekend um in adelaide hanging out with you uh i haven't even said hello to you properly hi ben salter we're back we're back for 23 we're back weekly as of this week so we had a little break a mandated break because we decided we needed some time off uh and there was nothing happening nothing happens in january that's very quickly starting to change though of course so we've got a bunch to talk about so it's a good thing we left it for this long so we had stuff to talk about yeah I think I'd be remiss if we didn't start talking about GoldenEye 007 on Xbox, I think is what we've played it on, but it's also on Switch. Yeah. Should we get into the weird change or not changes, differences between each version before we jump into our experience? It's, it's pretty similar. So I think there's, there's two sides of people I'm seeing on this, right? There's the people who are disappointed because it's pretty much the 64 game just re-released like 15 years later. Uh, and they were kind of wanting more in that we had that 360 game, which was a remaster in like 2008 or something. It's pretty much playable if you know where to look on the internet. Uh, but it was never released due to reasons, basically. <laughs> uh, and then we're seeing the other people, which I think is where we fall in. Like, they, they were pretty honest about that's what you're getting. Like, where we've been hearing people want to get the, the old game, the original game, as they played it for years now. Uh, so that's what we're giving you. Like, we're not giving a, a remaster. We're giving you the old game that just plays a little bit better than it used to. Uh, and I think that's that's what we expected, and that's pretty well what we got. That's what it felt like to me playing. Um, differences. So, like, Xbox is uh, 4K, up to 4K if you have a Series X, 1440p if you have a Series S. Uh, it runs at a pretty well stable 60 frames per second, as opposed to, like, the 8 frames per second that the N64 version ran at. I think the Switch is the same. I think it's got widescreen as well, but it's only 720p. Yeah. Uh, and it's, uh, yeah, so more stable frame rate. Um and it, of course, has online play in quotations, online play. It's more uh, split screen online with four friends if you invite them into the lobby. So there's no matchmaking. And I think a lot of people who haven't played uh, Nintendo Switch Online 64 games will kind of just see it has online play and think, great, I'm going to play that version. Xbox doesn't have online play. And that's true, but you probably don't understand that it's not real online play. It's it's very much a Nintendo effort in the online space yes. and there is no matchmaking, which means there's no playing with randoms. It's literally just the game things you're playing with three people right next to you, but it's, that's happening over the internet. So you need to invite them in each time you want to play. And it's been a while since I've done anything in the Nintendo Switch online multiplayer space. So correct me if I'm wrong. If you want to speak to people whilst you're playing, you either have to like do it yourself and go into a Discord chat anyway or use 
I think your smartphone and the Nintendo Switch Online app and try to do this weird Frankenstein of it's some. I I think even for Switch Online games, I'm not even sure you can use the app because it's it's not proper matchmaking. Like so, basically, you need to invite three other people to play with you. It the game will think whoever's done that is the host, like player one on an actual console. If they disconnect, the whole game ends because it's as oh. if you're playing on their 64. <laughs> the game thinks the other three people are plugged in next to you, so. On your screen, you will see all four screens. It's a, there's no, it's not just your screen like a current day modern game online. It thinks you're playing split screen. Um, and once you play one game, the game ends and the three players disappear. You need to invite them again. Like, there's no lobby. There's no, there's no online infrastructure. It's just local multiplayer that's happened to be pushed out over the internet. It's very much a rudimentary. Like you could have done this for years on emulators, uh, and that's all they've done. So I feel like Xbox could have done that, but they probably thought. That's not good enough for people pay for Xbox Live Gold. That's not good enough service. So let's just have a local multiplayer. The game hasn't really been touched beyond that. Well, and we so we played it on Xbox. It's it's part of Rare Replay for free. It's on Xbox Game Pass for free. I, mm. I'm not even sure you can buy this. You cannot as a standalone option. You can buy so buy Rare Replay if you own it on disc. You will not get it. You need to have a, a digital copy. It's like twenty or thirty bucks now. I would recommend doing that because. Uh, we've seen with previous Bond games when Activision had a license, so this is obviously well before Activision had it. Um, a day came and without any notice, they all just disappeared from sale. Like they, the license agreement ended. Um, and as much as this has had a very long history over, essentially it's a game that was made by Rare, it was published by Nintendo. Rare is obviously now owned by Microsoft. Uh, and the Bond license sits with MGM and Eon, who both run the, uh, the Bond series. Um, and there's two other people, like I'm sure like Piers Brosnan is kind of in this game. Technically he is. You can, If you know that's meant to be him, you can kind of see it. I think Sean Bean looks a lot more like him uh, than Piers Brosnan does in this game. Alan Cumming looks like Alan Cumming. Mm. The, the guy who looks like Hagrid does not, but I think that's almost on purpose because he's had a bad... Robbie Falker, yeah. 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 He, didn't look, he didn't look great as, uh, as Hagrid in the PS1 Harry Potter game. He's had a bit of a rough ride in this early generation of 3D games, old it Robbie. Take too many polygons to, to form his uh, true appearance. Yeah. They, they just... They weren't spared to be able to be spared. Anyway, sorry. And well, the, the Rare guys explained that they tried to have this game in Rare Replay in 2015, but it was just they, they had to have that game out for their 30th anniversary. That was the whole deal. 30 games, 30 years. Um, and they just couldn't get it done. There were too many moving parts, too many different people. This, you know, Almost 10 years before that, they tried to remaster it. And it turns out they didn't have the licensing agreement because at that time, they also had Activision to deal with who had the bond license who didn't agree. So they ended up making their own GoldenEye game. Uh, so they've tried a lot. They finally pretty much agreed that this can now come out. Um, and yeah, that's essentially, it's taken a long time to get here. It has. And I guess that was, I, I think I had a point when I was talking about Rare Replay and getting mm. it. And like it, the Xbox version is exactly what you used to have. So you have to get four friends over. You have to use split screen on the same console. Um, we roped in our partners to play alongside us. So there was four players. And I think the the more game playing of us yeah. four were immediately able to jump in because it's it's very modern controls on Xbox. You don't have to go and try to like remap twin stick. anything. Yeah. Exactly twin stick. You hit the left trigger, you get a little like aiming reticle that you kind of control with the right stick like you would just think would be normal. And we just were off and running. I think um, Claire, poor Claire had a little bit more difficult of a time. Um, and was it got it eventually was running around slapping people. Had to, yeah. we had to Did kind better of- in slappers only. But yeah, so that's, <laughs> that's the main difference there. So... Uh, the Xbox version has by default modern controls, twin sticks. It does break some things in like you can see other players just kind of like sliding along because previously all your movement was done with one stick. And so now that it's done with two, you can kind of move in some directions that you couldn't do before. Uh, and it's, 
I never used the the aiming reticle on 64. Like it wasn't done. You had to hold down, I think, L or R. L you couldn't even use on the 64 because it was on the third prong, which your hand never used. Yeah. I think it might have been on the uh, the right side as well, but it just wasn't really a done thing. Like it has a little auto aim. We weren't really used to first person shooters, so the the concept of holding down like the aim button wasn't really a thing. Um, but that having that there now definitely changes how you play a little bit. Like headshots are now kind of in play. They yeah. the the auto aim kind of aims at the torso. Like that wasn't really a thing as much before. So definitely changed. Uh, not the same on sixty four. Like you have to map it right. So by yeah. default, it's it's the one stick. I think it has an option to let you kind of change that around, but not not to the degree that Xbox does. If you're going to play on 64, you're probably better off playing with the N64 online controller as you used to play, but it will hurt your brain. Well, yeah, so I, you have a 64 controller. I saw it downstairs because mm. I'm in your house. I don't know if I've said that five times today already or not, um, but I guess you, you've played a little bit of the multiplayer alongside me. I think you've played the first level. I played like the first five levels of the of the single player. Oh, okay. Uh, and I'd probably say that's what I'm looking like. A bit of a hot take. A lot of people are thinking, let's get back to, to the multiplayer because that's what they remember most. Uh, and I think one or two sessions with... You probably need four players who used to play this. Like they have that nostalgic element and a bit of a session. Uh, maybe have another game you can go to because I think you will hit a point where it's like, that's enough. Um but I think the, the single player is more interesting for me. Like, it's going through these levels again. It was quite revolutionary. Like, why it was known so much is, one, it did first-person shooter on a console well. But, like, leveling uh, up in the difficulty added in different objectives. It meant you couldn't just go from A to B to finish a level. That was, like, the easy mode. But you, you pushed along further. That, yes, the enemies got tougher. But you also had to do more stuff. You had to explore a bit. Uh, like, the first two levels, I can remember what to do because I would play them like the back of my hand, basically. But the, <laughs> later than that, I never, I don't know if I finished them all on, like, the harder difficulties. I don't think I did because there's a lot of, it's very 90s and it's like, you should just know what to do. And it's like, watching the movie kind of helps in that sometimes, Matt mentioned yesterday, he, he, he saw Goldeneye he saw Pierce actually do something. It's like, that's what I need to do. Because there's there's no, like, you you fail the mission. If you fail an objective, this happened to me yesterday playing, uh, the plane blew up on, like, the third or fourth mission, and it's just, like, objective failed. The objective is get up, escape on the plane, but the, the level doesn't end. It's like, Bond is just going to die now. <laughs> uh, games don't really do that anymore. Well, so I, I, do you... Are you going to play through it on Xbox and Switch? Or are you going to just, you know, do multiplayer on Switch? Like, sometimes mm. going back to the retro controls? Like, what, what is your plan, I suppose? You're you're by far, out of the two of us, the GoldenEye uh, aficionado. I think I'll try it a bit on Switch with the original controller, but it's it's it hurts my brain too much. I think it's much easier to play on Xbox with proper modern-day controls. Uh, and it, I think it runs a little bit better on Xbox. It's... Um, both of them have some emulation quirks in that things look a little weird. It's not quite as you remember, but that's also because we're not playing in 240p. We're playing in 4K. So yep. you're going to see some things that look a bit odd because you could just never see that uh, before. But on the whole, I think it looks pretty good for how old this game is. I think it runs really well, and that's we didn't really have that. Uh, certainly compared, I'm comparing it to the 64 version. I'm sure there are people who are going to say they played it on their fancy beast computer on like an emulator years ago, and it ran a bit better there. Uh Comparing just official releases, we have Xbox, Switch, and like 25 years ago, N64. Yeah. I think these, either platform you play on, probably down to the controls, it's worth playing. Uh, probably more so, yeah, the single player, if you're not familiar with it. I think it's going to be a thing of, if you if you never played it, you want to see what the big deal is, you probably won't get it. Like, it's it's a product of its time. Yep. Um, but it, it still kind of holds up, considering how old it is, and a lot of games from that generation don't really... 
Um, so I think it's it's one that is still very playable. Well, and that's that's the thing about Rare Replay as well, and that's, that's I'm confused about seeing some people's reactions to Goldeneye because they're like, oh, I expected it to be like polished up, like retextured, this, that, and the other. Like that's never what Rare Replay was about. It was about kind of taking the old game and you mm. know, like making it so it wasn't a complete eyesore. But that's maybe just like resolution and like upresing what's there, not like remaking something. Yes, which is that's a different expectation that I think you need to keep in your mind and i know it's not on the list but i've been playing a lot of dead space which is like a proper remake yeah it's a weird one though and i wanted to talk about it with you quickly just because i love you love goldeneye i love anything survival horror and like dead space was my jam resident evil 2 obviously one of is my favorite game of all time and when the resident evil 2 remake came out it was like my mind exploded it was a, a game and a story that i was so familiar with and i knew back to front presented in a way that I always kind of pictured it being in my brain, but now it was like on the screen and, you know, completely different um, control scheme. Um, story was mostly the same, but a couple like twists and turns or additions. Mm. Um, amazing. And like, I think RE2, the remake was one of my favorite games of that year and maybe got game of the year for me or something. I can't remember, but Dead Space is in the same vein, but not, it was made in 2008 and it has all those modern control schemes already built in there's a lot of refinement that's been done so like the zero g for example you could go from point to point in the original and in dead space two and three you could actually just fly around now you can fly around in the remake but but other than that it's the same game the same story the same structure a couple things built in but it's not it's a remake like re2 is a remake but it's not a changed remake does that make sense what i'm even trying to get at first in, in explaining like it's, final fantasy 7 mm. was a changed remake it yeah. had different gameplay it's, different presentations. inspired by it and that's that's the level of remake that i really like but it depends what it is it's, to quickly backtrack that's not what god night is and you're no. also not paying 110 dollars for it it's free on two subscription services that was the point i lost track of before that i <laughs> we moved on from uh buy a rare replay because at some point the license for this re-release is just going to end and I bet you will get no notice and it just disappears from Game Pass and Switch Online. If you own Rare Replay, as far as we can tell, you should be able to keep it forever. Just don't uninstall it from your hard drive and make sure you can copy it. It's if, like if, 300 if, meg. If, if, you, if you need that space, you've got trouble. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Sorry to, to uh, hijack the Golden Knight. No, we may as well. We may as well. Yeah, we're, we're done with Golden Knight. It's worth playing. It's free. Like there's there's no there's no harm in giving it a crack and seeing what it was like. And if you used to like it, I think you'll enjoy playing it again, especially the campaign. If you didn't, uh, you might kind of just see like, oh, yeah, I can kind of see why it was big a big deal at the time. But I'm not really going to play it now. Uh, that's probably the two audiences they're going for. We may as well jump into Dead Space quickly. I was going to say we could talk that next episode. But oh, we well, may I as well, just ruined it. Let's, Sorry. Let's chat, we may as well chat now. Uh, that main question is, is it worth playing for considering it is, it, it's kind of similar to the last of us part one in that it's not that old, like it's not super new, but it's not ancient. And it's like the 360 version is playable on a series X pretty well. I think it's up to 4k. It probably costs you like 10 bucks or it's even on game pass. Yep. Um, Through compared to an $110 remake. Where do you land on that? If you love it, absolutely buy it and, and replay it. If you haven't you almost could just go and play the old one like it's 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 essentially the same game there's a couple extra bits it's really good i really like it but this has kind of made me a little bit less excited for the re4 remake that's coming in march because again it's maybe oh you will get to run and gun that'll be the huge difference in re4 than in mm. now 
I think that'll be more because like RE4, RE2 is really, uh, 4 sorry, is like a PS2 and GameCube game. So uh, The Last of Us and Dead Space were both kind of that 360 PS3 generation, which is, that was a pretty big jump there. Yeah, but the gameplay from RE4 basically was Dead Space yeah. running and gunning. And Dead Space Remake was like slight refinements. So we're going to get the slight refinements in RE4, but it was already behind the shoulder camera, kind of like the the precursor to what we are playing now in a modern sense. It's very, it very much, if you play RE2 Remake, it looks more like RE4 than it did RE2. Like, I, I don't know what they're going to do to RE4. Like, it, it'll still be really good, and RE4 is a great game. Hopefully they take out some of the padding and like weird giant statues, unless you're a fan of the the really weird stuff that made no sense mm. but like it's it's it'll be closer to the game that you remember playing not the game that you want that you had in your head does that make sense what i'm trying to get at i don't know like I'm, i was still excited for dead space i'm still excited for resident evil 4 i still think they're well i still think dead space is a great game i can't talk to re4 yet but it's a different type of excitement less hype if you're a fan of the genre, though, you're still going to, you know, sink hours and hours and hours into these things. That I, I don't know if I answered your question. Maybe we can come back to it next week. We'll figure out what you want to do. Yeah. Because I've just gone off sheet and ruined it already. That's fine. It sounds like it's a good game. That's what the people want to know. Dead Space Remake is a good remake. Yes. Uh, you probably have to be really into it to buy this version compared to the original. If you haven't played either, maybe start with the old version if you're not yeah. sure, from a cost point of view, which is the same device we gave for The Last of Us. So yeah. if you're really into it, absolutely worth playing playing the PS5 version for 125 bucks. Uh, it's a great game. But if you just want to kind of dabble, you just want to kind of see what it's like, uh, you may as well play the $10 PS4 game because that's almost as good. Yeah. Just a little bit older. Probably the biggest critique, this game is 15 years old. It has a pretty garbage final boss. And, you know, sometimes when you make a remake and you want to refine mm. things, you should probably change a little bit more than EA Motive did in some areas. And uh, so the final boss is one of those areas. Do they change up much else without giving any spoilers away? Not really. There's a lot of extra side stuff, side missions. So like, you know, the, the famous Dead Space thing is you hit right stick and he does the little like, he you know, Iron Man's points to the ground and the little, you know, thing shoots out of his hand and shows you where you're supposed to go. I think in the original Dead Space, you basically just followed that and that's what you did. You know, mm. It was scary and dark and there were monsters all around, but you know, like you just kind of forged ahead. And in this case, there's a lot of opportunity to do that and it, you know, shoots off to the right. So you think... I'm going to go to the left because there's going to be something over there. Um, so it, there's, it's, it's really good. It adds to the lore without changing anything. Um, RE2 is kind of, it seems like it's taking its own kind of course and it's starting to contradict the general franchise, even though it's not supposed to. And I think Final Fantasy VII is just doing its own thing totally sort different. of with that in mind, sort of like the Star Trek reboot with like different timelines maybe. But yeah, like this, this seems like it's just, you know, a, director's cut expanded version or something of, of the original so if if you're at all into dead space you're gonna enjoy it that's mm. me um shall we move on yeah that's the other big thing that happened this month was the xbox finally had a showcase they showed us what's going on we hadn't really heard much so we haven't had a nintendo direct for a while we haven't had a playstation state of play for over a year i think uh, and Xbox have kind of had a few showcases, but then they've released nothing. So yeah. the uh, the point of this one seemed to be, here's all those games that were meant to come out last year, which we delayed into the first half of 2023. Um, pretty much here's release dates for all of them, except for one of the biggest ones. Uh, and the biggest of all wasn't there at all. And I'm glad they said beforehand, Starfield will not be here. It's going to get its own thing because it needs it because it's such a big game. Uh, 
I do feel like there was probably time for them to put in like a 30 second teaser of kind of like, here's a little bit of Starfield and that next showcase is going to be on X date. Yeah, here's the date of the showcase. Yeah, it's I the, feel like the, they need The that. release date for the release date of the announcement of the, yeah. Mm. Otherwise I thought it was, so it's a different format for Xbox. There was no people on couches in a green room talking awkwardly and being a bit weird about pizza jokes and things like that, which has been inside Xbox and yes. terrible format. Yes. Uh, this was much closer to a Nintendo Direct, but still a bit, um, still a bit kind of padded out. Yeah. So it was hearing from the developers, seeing gameplay. Um, and called the developer direct just for... Called the developer underscore direct. With... Oh, yeah. No, we're not using the underscore. <laughs> Boo. And they had some, you know, fancy graphics between kind of jumping between the developers and the studios. That bit, I feel like they could lose. I think that kind of padded out unnecessarily. And it also takes away all the surprises because it's like this is the like there was no one more thing type element it was like this is the five studios we're hearing from and that's it and you kind of know exactly what they're talking about there was one surprise that was leaked just beforehand which was a, a shadow drop yeah but we knew we we're gonna get something like that because on that screen was uh tango gameworks was gonna have something they've just released ghostwire tokyo so it had to be something else so you watched i didn't even watch it i'm gonna fully admit it i i yeah, slept I in and then i just picked up the news later on i so watched the replay when did tango announce the shadow drop which we'll get into i don't know why i'm skirting around the name of it uh at the end of their press so they pretty much the format of it was it kind of the went to the home screen which had the four developers and like faking someone clicking on one of them and then it would like the screen would move around and go to the developer's studio and they did the classic you know you're speaking to camera in front of your studio and then the the cut to the big camera which is filming the people filming you oh of course uh fancy angles it was okay i think they just padded it out too much they needed like it went for 45 minutes the amount for of con- five announcements the amount of content they could have had maybe 30 would have been fine yeah um I think well, the, and the, the, it's, it's good to hear from the developers, but they chatted a little bit too long. I think they need to get a little bit more to. There was a lot of, especially Forza, um, was very like, and our most ambitious ever, and our most whatever. Ever. I think they needed to just be a little bit more. I think they should have not had Forza there. To be, I honest. didn't cover Forza because it just seemed like a no wanky. Like it looks like cars look like cars. Well, you know, no offense, Forza cars always look like cars, and if you're not going to do a release date like you did for literally every other game announced or showcased at the at the direct, like why are you why? You yeah, it was it's much better. It was much better than their previous format. They could tighten it a little. Uh, Tango was probably the, the best in that they had Shinji and the develop uh, the director of uh, what's it called High Rush High Rush High Five Rush High Five Rush. Which is a cool little game, and they, they announced kind of at the end that it's out now and made it pretty clear. It's not a demo. It's the actual game. is ready to go. Um, and yeah, definitely a fun game worth playing, so probably just check it out. We don't have to say too much about it in that it's right there for you to play right now. There were no reviews because no one knew this was going to happen. Yeah. Um, and so certainly I could, you can kind of see they were doing that from a point of view if they wanted to test this format, I think. Is yeah. the Shadow Drop successful? Did it close out the... Was that the last thing? Even though it wasn't the one last thing, was that the last thing? Because it should have been the last I think thing. It might, yeah, I think it was. I think okay. it was a lot. I can't actually remember Because now. then you want people to get excited and like stop watching your thing, which hopefully yeah. it's over, and then go and scramble to download the game, right? And it was... Shinji was just there basically to have his one line of English and then Japanese kind of saying, we normally make horror games, but we've made something totally different. And then the American guy took over to kind of explain what this game was. Uh, and it was probably the game they showed the most gameplay of to kind yeah. of show this is what it is. And I think that was better yeah. than too much chat. And then they kind of just went back to them quickly to show that he can speak Japanese too, basically, um, <laughs> which was Shinji, you know, telling him, are you going to tell them the secret? And then it's like in Japanese back to Shinji, like, oh, I don't know if we should say. And then like, oh, you should say it's your game. You know, a little bit, a little bit too much of that still. But then he's kind of like, you can play it today. Well, that's um, that's exactly like the 
Xbox inside Xbox banter that we yeah. were trying to avoid. But there's anyway. le- owning a little bit. Um, I think the others were all fine. So the others all announced release dates for like Redfall um, and other things that I'm not that keen on personally. Minecraft it's Legends? Minecraft Legends, something for Elder Scrolls Online. How long was the Elder Scrolls stuff? Because I don't mean to rag on Elder Scrolls, but even at, like, do you remember any Bethesda showcase at E3 where it was just like it was going at a pretty good clip and then it was like, here's the 15 minutes where we just mostly bore everyone to tears about the Elder Scrolls Online. Yeah, it's probably 10 minutes or so, but it, it was in the middle and it was... Yeah, it was the the kill. Put the kill it at joy. the start to kind of like ramp up from there. I would. They started would with Minecraft, which I kind of oh, get. Well. Um, and so they announced dates for all of those. Forza, they didn't, and I kind of feel like it shouldn't have been there. They just kind of said coming 2023, and people straight away noticed that they'd previously said coming spring 23, and now they're just saying 23, which makes me think it's been delayed out of the first half of the year. And in, in that case, it shouldn't have been in the showcase, and I, I kind of agree with that. Yeah. I think to, it was just a bit lacking in content overall. And that's why they probably should have just had the 30-second teaser of Starfield and it's going to be shown at the next thing on this date. Yeah. Well, so uh, Minecraft Legends is April. Redfall is May. Um, Starfield, they've said now that the game is playable from from start to end, but Mm. they're not sure of a release date yet. So I don't know if that means like it's playable, but it's like in a Bethesda playable mode where like the playtesters are now like losing their minds and they need months slash years or something. Who knows? Um, Yeah. It's hard to know what they like. So it's not going to compete too closely with Redfall, you'd think. Uh, but you've also got Zelda coming out in mid-May. So it's got to be six weeks clear of that either side. Yeah. I don't think it's coming out kind of March. So probably means it's coming out. If they want to hit this deadline, like last day, like June 30 is the end for them to hit their start of the year goal. I kind of feel like that's the earliest it can release. Yeah. Um, and it may push back again. I think there's a lot of work to be done, like not in terms of development strictly on Starfield, because when they showed it, whenever that was now, ages ago, it like I was super excited for it. But like when they were showing it to me, like I kind of lost a lot of that excitement and enthusiasm. Like it just kind of like, oh, it's it's just like apart from the shipbuilding stuff and like combining all the things to make your own thing, like it just kind of didn't look the combat didn't look all that great. Hmm. It, it like you know no man's sky didn't you know there's a whole bunch to be said about that in terms of procedurally generated galaxy but like it just kind of didn't quite make me as excited as i was hoping for so I, if if microsoft and bethesda are doing this single game only developer direct format for starfield i think they should i think they should really look to what sony's done with like the god of war one and the new horizon game and like really build something to then yeah, just you know, put it on is. YouTube and to, and YouTube and show people. So like it brings that excitement back. Like show me why this is taking so long. Show me why it's going to be world changing. Show me why like Todd Howard is, you know, like this is what he's wanted to do for so long. Like, yeah, they almost have to win me back a little bit. So it needs to be a really good presentation. And there definitely needs to be a release date when they decide to, to roll Absolutely. this out. And I mean, they probably need to do the same thing for Forza at this point. The, the game beyond that. The game has to be exceptional. It can't be a 8.5 out of 10. It needs to be a 9.5 minimum. Uh, yeah. Just in that it's been so... Xbox have to hit. When was their last like real big hit? Halo Infinite was disappointing in the end. That was their last game they released. Arguably, Hi-Fi Rush is their biggest release, but we'll get to that in a second. So, okay, so they have released Pentiment and Hi-Fi Rush, which are both really good. Uh, but kind of... Maybe they're like A games or B games, really, in that they... They're not on disc release. They're like 40 bucks each. We're just talking that full release. Oh, yeah. There's Starfield has replaced Master Chief on the back of the Xbox 
packaging now. So, yeah, like that said, like we we've talked about Halo Infinite and what went wrong. It needs they need a they need a really successful big hit new IP. It's not as safe as releasing a Halo or a Forza or a Gears of War. The things that they keep leaning on, um, but like you see, um, PlayStation come out with a bunch of wins with new franchises like Last of Us and then rebooting God of War and things like that. And they they have that big hit like at least one a year. Uh, and Xbox just they they can't miss this one, especially delaying it. Like delaying it like that was very much a we need to make it right. It can't be Bethesda level launch. Like it needs to be ready to go, fully playable. We can't have a Cyberpunk situation or a Fallout Four situation where it's like just give us another year now that it's out and we'll fix it up and then it'll be good. Yeah. It needs to be great from day one. Well, I hope it is, and that's that's like a testament to what Hi-Fi Rush is. But like it's it's a completely different game in terms like in terms of development and everything else so it's i like that we're getting the likes of a pentiment and a hi-fi rush absolutely from these microsoft studios but like they're they're not b games but you know they're not triple they're not AAA. They're, we'll call them double a or whatever it doesn't really matter but you know what i mean they're not the big huge ones but they are really cool little like subsets of a team going off to try something in this case i think um the the director's name is johan something or john i think they call him for short and he did a lot of stuff on uh, evil within two dlc and then like to go from like that kind of really like japanese inspired like body horror horror survival stuff to like a jet set radio looking rhythm based totally game like it's insane and it's like it's really fun um i i don't know how much of that you've played as yet only dabbled but it's similar to pentiment in the in the style of game that it is and it's perfect for game pass we often say that but it's the type both of them are type of games you may not have played otherwise but it's right there you may as well give it a go and i think the shadow drop is great for that in the same way that netflix does that sometimes they're kind of like and here's a new season of this show that we didn't really tell you was going to come out right now and it goes uh really popular based on that with pretty minimal marketing it just goes a little viral basically between the communities who are into that type of thing yeah um, and that's the thing with a, subscri- a subscription, right? Like you're going to have your big Halo and your Starfield, you know, maybe two of those a year. But between those, you need to have reasons for people to keep subscribing. And it's those smaller but very successful and popular games like your Hi-Fi Rush that keep people subscribed. And I think Xbox is doing that part of it really well. They're not doing the real big, massive, heavy hitters, your one big show a year that Netflix right. has that everyone stays They're for. They're not. Let's, let's be honest. They, they need, that's the bit they need to get right. Yeah, and that's what Starfield is. And there's nothing else but Starfield. That like that's the one. And I would even put your Redfalls and your Minecraft Legends, which will probably be really popular. But they're in that filler, like keep people subscribed category. They're not your subscription subscription sellers. Yeah. That's what Starfield's for, and it needs to land. Yeah, absolutely. And I like Hi-Fi Rush. I like this idea, and it really feeds into the value proposition of Xbox Game Pass because you need something to keep level like you know yeah you could go and use it to download the ea play 2008 version of dead space but you know yeah depending on how long you've had the subscription you've probably already done that so you need something new and you fresh need and new engaging. stuff all the time and I, I can't remember the last time there's been like a shadow drop of a game like this in a while mm. and the only ones i can kind of think of are going back to like sony press conferences where it's like the special like teaser demo of re7 which was like not even it wasn't the game it was like a completely different thing where people could download it immediately and there was all this engagement because there was all these mysteries there and in there out but it was a demo so anybody could access it if sony does that in their own live streams today they're not going to give you the game it might release that day but they're not going to give it to you for free so like there's that charge to entry which is going to take away some people straight away but this is you know anybody that has the subscription 
can play it immediately. So like there's all this buzz that just comes inherently from that, which is, you know, works in Microsoft's favor, works in the player's favor. Absolutely. I think keep releasing more demos like that. It's like those kind of things like, and you can play it today are like the fun bits that everybody really gets excited for. We, if you listen to this podcast from like eight years ago, we used, that was always our prediction at E3. There's going to be a, and this is out now moment. And it rarely happened. You're right. It was mainly demos. Uh, and I kind of feel like maybe now we're there and Xbox is really testing this model specifically for Game Pass with Hi-Fi Rush. And I hope they, they whatever metrics they're looking for, I hope they hit them. And I'm sure yeah. they will. I'm sure it's already probably top of the download charts because there's there's something, as much as it's great when, you know, a Witcher 3 or something goes to Game Pass and it's already critically acclaimed and well-loved game, um, I think something that's brand new and it's like we didn't really know about this and no one's played this and you can all experience it together right now as you don't have to wait months is is a big move and it's going to be successful and maybe competition begets competition i know sony's you know right now saying we don't release first party things straight to subscription because we you know they're these highly funded you know money injected you know mega you know experiences but you know maybe it will get sony thinking about you know letting bungie spin off a five Mm. ten person team i have no idea how many people it needs to make a game but you know what i mean to make like a little small thing that isn't a triple a you know destiny thing yeah. but it's like a fun little experience that you know is on uh playstation plus deluxe or premium. i think they might they might decide that they want to make that pentiment hyper rush level game which is not going to be sold at retail so it's it's not in that we need to sell x number and ship this amount for 125 dollars each to make our money back it's a few tiers below that and maybe they can they kind of did it with Stray, although that was not really they just kind of had the rights to it to, to publish it uh, maybe they will thanks uh, anything else you want to say about the developer direct? No, that's it. Cool. Um, so remakes, we've talked about, well, we've talked about Dead Space we weren't supposed to. We talked about Goldeneye. Uh, we've talked in the past about The Last of Us in, in various forms. Uh, there's, a, there's a new way to, uh, to engage way. with hmm. The Last of Us, and that being the HBO Max in America or Binge Foxtel in Australia TV show called The Last of Us. That was the longest sentence ever. Uh, Two episodes in, I guess by the time you hear this, it'll be three episodes in, but we're not going to really get into too much. No spoilers. Uh, uh, we've, yeah, so we've seen the first two episodes. I suppose it's just like the fourth way you can watch, you can experience The Last of Us. You've got the original game, the remastered, and the remake, uh, and now a TV show. I think it's, from having only seen two episodes, probably if you haven't experienced The Last of Us at all yet, probably the best way to do it. I think it's much easier than the game. Yeah. Uh, and... The game was always kind of much loved for how well it told its story. Remembering it was a PS3 game, so like at that time, uh, game storytelling in games was was nowhere near the level of The Last of Us. Like that's why it was such a big deal. Yeah, and certainly the character development, the world building, all of that, like the narrative was TV show quality, and we're finally seeing that retold in a TV show. Yeah, and they haven't really had to change much at least so so far because it was already kind of at that level. Yeah, the thing that they that they've changed like a, a way. Of the infection kind of getting to people, which yeah. makes sense for a TV medium. I think it's also just because we're sick of people, you know, watching people in masks. So, like, I don't know. That's but, maybe yeah. getting into They've made some, we'll, some we'll small tweaks, but the, the narrative so far is pretty Remake. much shot for shot remaked. Well, not shot for shot, but storyboard for storyboard. Like, it's it's pretty much exactly the same stories. Remember, up to the end of episode two, at least. Uh, and I think, yeah, I think the casting's been great. The two main characters are, are well cast. Uh, yeah. Pedro Pascal plays Joel, who... Yeah. Uh, you may know from The Mandalorian is kind of where he most recently came to fame. I'm, I'm going to say a 
with a very similar audience. Yeah. Uh, I think there's a lot of crossover if you're into those two shows. For sure. Uh, and yeah, the whole cast is great. I can't yeah, remember Bella who Bella Ramsey's Te- Ellie. Ellie, and who plays Tess is an Australian. Uh, Anna of Australian Anna What One, go watch Fringe because it's an amazing show when she's on it. Um, they all do such a good job, the three of them, the core characters, do a, such a good job of... It, they're their own characters, but you can like hear a bit of like the Ellie... Hmm. tone and like inflection like it's it's, she's not trying to copy ellie's voice as in the game by uh, ashley johnson i think it was like but she's she's very ellie and like it's it's crazy how ellie she is and pedro does exactly the same thing for joel like you you can kind of hear troy baker but it's 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 not him doing a troy baker impression it's just like yeah it's it's the the essence of the characters there but it's their own it's uh, it's an adaptation, so it's different versions of those characters, and it's probably a bit more suited for TV and comes across really well. So, yeah. I'm not sure where you'd be like two hours in playing the game, like in terms of the story, but like they're they're they've taken two two episodes to get to where they are, and it's still pretty early. in, I think, yeah, um, Anna Torv, I think out of the three of them, has probably impressed me the most with her acting and just the way that she's kind of made Tess. You know, like it's it's a story about Joel and Ellie. Tess is it's sort of in the background, but like she's just done a really good job of of making that character seem real, and it's just quite impressive. I really like what she's done. Um, it's hard though, man. Like if if you've played yeah, however very, many versions yeah. of this game and you're watching it again, like it's not it's not light subject matter, so it's it's a bit of a slog for someone who's done it a bunch of times. My husband hasn't played the game or seen anything about it, so he's absolutely digging it i don't know what i think you've been watching it with yeah Claire. similar experience and some other people i've been speaking to about it who haven't played the game at all um and so like initially they didn't realize ellie was the main character because you have no idea going into it it's kind of the the joel and sarah show for the first episode and it's yep. a very long opening the first episode's like movie length it's like nearly 90 minutes yeah um, and it's because of a lot of backstory like that all happens or mostly happens like 20 years beforehand and it sets it up same as the game yeah and then it becomes the joel and test show yeah and so we, we've had a fair bit of Ellie to the end of episode two, but you could, if you had no idea what this story was, um, up until, let's say, if you cut off the last five minutes of episode two, uh, you, you could think it's like Ellie's maybe the third character, whereas she probably actually, across the two games at least, she's the main character, really. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's it's a different experience if you play the game because you kind of know what's coming. You know what's going to happen to these characters. We I'm keen to see if they change much else, mm. being that uh, they've announced, I think, just now basically overnight that there's going to be a season two and that they wanted to run for three seasons so Mm, i'm not sure how they're going to break up the existing content because neil Druckmann's also said that they're not it's not a game of thrones situation where they're going to add like new story to what's already from the books or in this case the video game oh that's interesting because having having played both games i would say uh the first last of us makes a great tv show and a great story yeah the second one i think would be a hard watch as a tv show. it would be a very hard watch and there's a whole bunch of logistics around especially if it's going to be two seasons of that game potentially even if it was one season how you'd break up the story into Mm. a way that a tv audience is going to yeah. take in and then you know get to this hopefully get to the same place that they wanted you to be in playing the game through because it's it's very it's very there's different. a big intent there <laughs> yes and it's uh like the the last of us one is carried by the joel and ellie relationship so uh i there was nothing that really re- well there was nothing that replaced it on that level in yeah. the second game and so I think that's why the TV show is only going to get better from here because you're going to get more of that Joel and Ellie combo and they're probably going to develop more than they did in the game, a relationship with each other. Oh, yeah, big time. Um, 
And so, yeah, where they go for a season two, we're not really at that point of discussing that yet because we're, we're only two episodes in season one, but it's, yeah. it's, these are the type of things in your head having played both games as opposed to someone who's never played any of this. And a bunch of our listeners might be Switch, Xbox, PC only if they've never played it on PlayStation. Um, definitely worth watching. Certainly one of the, the best. Um, it's, a, it's a rough kind of gory story, yeah. but it's um, certainly one of the best kind of original game stories. And I know there's a lot of chat about has this saved like adaptations of games because normally they're bad when they move to other mediums, but not always. Like there's some okay ones. The Halo show was okay, but it wasn't well, nowhere near as good as this. Um, we've also got the Mario movie coming up, which I think is going to be a hard watch for if, if you're a yeah. long-time Mario fan. It's just not going to be right having Chris Pine as... Uh, what's his name? Not Chris Pine, the other guy. Chris uh, Pratt. Pratt. One of the the Chris P's. Um, yeah. <laughs> as, as Mario instead of Charles Martinet, who we've grown up with. But again, that's for kids. It's really for a different audience. It's probably for kids who have maybe played Mario on like their you know 3DS with the sound off and they have no idea that he has that voice. So... Yeah. Um, yeah, these are all for different audiences. I think The Last of Us specifically is a, a very different watch if you play the game or not, but it's still interesting for both audiences. Yeah, and it's it makes way more sense to watch this TV show than like someone playing through the game or like just the yeah. cutscenes from the game. Um, Naughty Dog, and like I'll, I'll, we were talking about it before, like Sony doesn't want to put its first party things on um, subscription early on because it's their huge budget affairs that are basically like movies now. So I think they're they very much are created in a way that really lends to an adaptation on tv or film unless you're uncharted because i don't know what that movie was a thing but you know like god of war i think is going to be very similar to what the last of us is going to be on tv because it was kind of it plays like a tv show almost now it's like scripted like that and you go through it and of course yes like there are sandbox moments where you get into an area with Last of Us with like 10 people to either kill or sneak around, which is sort of similar to a Halo where it's, you know, go into an open area and, you know, get the grunts, get the elites. But like the Halo TV show tries to build some random incoherent story around like that without, you know, just sticking to the lore and going like super duper sci-fi to its detriment, I think. Like I only finished watching the Halo series like a couple weeks ago because I just kind of yeah, put it down and forgot and didn't yeah. care like The Last of Us is just like it's it's there it's like one big story arc and yeah you do play through it but like it's more about the, it's the journey and the story and the gameplay Absolutely. yeah so it's good it, it, they're really lending themselves to this kind of thing so it's good to see them succeed and good to see people yeah. get involved and maybe it'll bring people to PlayStation and playing games which is well and now good. we see why they did the last of us part one i think we're talking about did that really need that kind of remake slash remaster it was kind of on the line of which it really was when you've already kind of got the remaster that runs fine on a ps5 um but now that it's like selling like hotcakes because people have started the show and realized hey i want to play this game too yeah. i'm sure some of them just want to see what happens next and it's kind of like i don't want to wait you yeah. know four weeks oh, to i get do that all the that. time i buy the book when i you know it's a tv show yeah. that i know is gonna yeah and so absolutely, I'm sure, very smart by Sony to realize that people are going to want to have the the best version of this and there's not a game, a version of it that says PS5 on the box. Now they do have that. Um, I would still recommend if that's why you're playing, just play the PS4 version on your PS5. But yeah. if you if you really love the story, the best way to play is going to be that, that yeah. remaster. So play the PS5 version. Exactly uh, the same advice as in with Dead Space. Like if you're yeah. an absolute diehard fan, you know, like you don't, you, you're happy dropping the extra money to get the, the, the penultimate, not the penultimate, the ultimate version of it. Great. If you are happy dropping like 15, 20 bucks at this point to get something that's close enough, like that that's also it. is fine. You, There's it no right be, or wrong. I know Sony don't like to put things on their subscription service for at least two years, uh, but it would be super smart of them to put it out like at the end of the run of this season one to kind of be like, oh, and sure. now you can play it on your subscription. I think they'll. that's too, too 
early for them. I think they want to sell it more. I think more likely is when season two is coming around in like 18 months from now, then they'll say and play the game now. Yeah. Well, at least maybe discount The Last of Us Part 2 near the end of Season 1 because same yeah, idea. It's already super cheap. Yeah, don't, re- don't release The Last of Us Part 2 remastered or I will the, flip my lid. They, I think they will actually because <laughs> The Last of Us Part 2 is like 20 bucks now. It's it's like $100 cheaper than Part 1. There you uh, go. So, go buy yeah. that first. Yeah, potentially. Uh, and I think that's about that. About it for this episode. We've been back for a long time. It's our first episode of the year. We don't have anything in delays because surely nothing's been delayed except maybe Forza. No. Uh, yeah, and that's pretty much it. And I think next week we've got we've got a bunch of things to talk about. I know mm. we can talk about. I've been playing SpongeBob. We can talk about Dead Space. I don't know if you want to play it or not, and we can have a chat. Yeah. Up to you. Um, Age of Empires two uh, is is on the horizon. By the time this comes out, yeah, I'm thinking in my head of dates. By the time this comes out, Age of Empires 2 is out. I've played like five, ten minutes. We can talk about that if, if you want to as well. We're not big on talking about games one of us has played. We have, so no. we'll, we'll, we'll figure out what we're doing. But we're back, though. That's the we're important back. news. We're back in 2023, not 13. Yeah, and we can loop back because I know you're all on the edge of your seat to our holiday gaming chat that we had at the end of last year about what we're going to play. Oh, See yeah. if we actually played them. We didn't have time this week, but we'll come back to that next week. See if we all went back 10 years and, and how we went. Uh, but for now, that's bye from us, I think. Yes. Thank you for having me in your home. It's lovely. My pleasure. We'll see you next week. Oh, I forgot to record.